Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. My name is Matt. Sitting across from me tonight is Scott, as per usual. And Scott, how good was Monday night, Queen's birthday, or Monday afternoon, we should say, Queen's birthday, finished at the night time. Two wins over the Parramatta Eels. Obviously, the big upset of the year in the NRL, 34 points to four. But also, uh, if you're there for the curtain raise of the New South Wales Cup, uh, coming from behind, 16-6 down to win 30 points to 20. Uh, any day when you beat the Paramount Eels twice in one day is a good day. It's a bloody awesome day. This is, don't have to highlight that. Oh, I've been chirpy at work all week. I've loved talking <laughs> to the Eels uh, fans through work this week, more than I usually do. Uh, 34-4 at a core stadium. 34-4, what a complete performance. It was, you know, beating the Eels, talking to a few people before the game started, I just said, I had the joke saying, if we win by 24-plus, we get off the bottom of the off the ladder. And I said, I'll just take a one, yeah. a win by one, and we'll worry about the bottom of the ladder next week. Um, if we can get a win by one, will be enough for me. But 34 points to four. You know, always good being the Eels, smashing the Eels even better. Uh, seeing Mitchell Moses uh, get tackled and dropping the ball over the line and Clint Gutherson, somehow even better. I mean, you know, those are the type of players you you know you you love to hate type of players in the opposition. Yeah. Uh, seeing the determination, like Matt Burton's determination on Mitchell Moses, he didn't have to. The game was done, buried, but yet Matt Burton makes the effort to chop at the arm and make sure he drops the ball, and then he makes sure Mitchell Moses knows about it. <laughs> with a bit of the bit of the shout and top. Um it was it was a complete performance from one to yep. seventeen, uh, which we haven't seen in a long, long time. Uh yeah, well I came away I came away thinking that was the, the most complete team performance we've seen in two years. And then at the press conference, Josh Jackson said it was the most complete performance we've had in three years. So there you go from the captain himself. Um mm. I'll tell you what though, it was uh, a fantastic <laughs> Fantastic afternoon. Over 20,000 people in attendance on Queen's birthday to watch the uh, the old rivals, Canterbury and Parramatta. Um, great atmosphere. Uh, it's fantastic to to witness that that type of team performance, That uh, t- to be at the game where everything went out, or not everything, but a lot went our way uh, throughout mm. the game. Uh, it was a fantastic uh, evening. Um, and we're talking just before we hit record, Scotty, about... Uh, our three two ones, and we'll get to them shortly. Uh, sometimes we've had performances over the last couple of years that were so bad that we've had to rely solely on who had the better stats to uh, yeah, 100%. to fill it out. And uh, straight away at the end of this game, we, we were worried that we we don't have enough positions for. Um, we've only got you know three two and one, not thirteen twelve and down to one <laughs> to hand mm. out. Uh, so so that that's a good good problem to have. Um, and yeah, look. Obviously, we don't want to get too carried away. It's, it's one massive win, but it's one win. Um, got to back it up this week against the West Tigers, and hopefully, we do. Uh, and, and there was, if you look back uh, on the on the, uh, some of the tries we scored, um, you know, you could say that some of them on another day would have would have worked. Mm. So the Aver- well, both Aver- yeah. both Averillo tries, um, he could have easily knocked that on or. Missed the intercept or a dummy was thrown. Uh, Avarillo's second try where he, the ball could have beat him over dead ball line on another day. 
Uh, Bernard's kick for Adekar could have went into touch. Like, there's, there's so many of those type of tries, but I think the most impressive, um, the most impressive thing of the whole whole game was the Parramatta Eels scored four points. And if we defend like that um, every week and limit defensive teams to four or ten points a week, uh, even with three or four of those tries not coming off, we'll be in positions to uh, to really win a lot of our games. Yeah, and the thing what's quite impressive, we say we limit Parramatta to four points. I don't know the exact same, but Parramatta are a damn good attacking side. They've relied on that because they're one of the actual worst defending top eight teams. And they've won more than they've lost. It's because they attack well. And they don't mind, you know, if you score 20 against them, they'll back themselves to go 30 against you type of attitude or, you know, enough to get the win. Um, And you could see how frustrated Parramatta were. <coughs> the Bulldogs, pardon me, sorry. The Bulldogs um frustrated them. You could tell by some of the sets. And that's when I saw early in the second half where I knew never was, you know, it was 16 nil at halftime. You know, you felt yeah. good, you felt confident, but then you go, we've been here before. We've been at stages where we've only played a chunk of the game. If it's 20 minutes of a game or if it's 20, 40 minutes of a game, are we going to pull out the 80, which we did, which was awesome. But when you saw the Eels, you know, these foot pushed offloads, what really had no real thought to it, these, um, you know, them just doing cross lines and, you know, they got yeah, they, they started to play frantic. I think yeah. especially after we got that first try in the second half to make it um 22-0, Parramatta started to do um, some pretty passes. But also in the first half, even towards the um, I think the second, if we could call it the second quarter, if you know what I mean, uh, we saw some some uncharacteristic errors from uh, from South from Parramatta, some offloads that um just wouldn't have happened in other games and just, just turnovers. I think uh, with about 20 minutes to go, I looked at the uh, completed sets and set, uh, Parramatta were on about 79%. And then um, actually it might have been 25 minutes into the match, so 15 to go to halftime. And then at halftime, they were down into the early 60s of completions. So it was happening mm-hmm. in the first half as well. But yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. 16-0 at halftime, you're happy with the, the way the first half went, but by no means were you comfortable in that was going to be a victory. But uh, to go on in the second half, uh, it was fantastic. And you know what? Look, I, I, I'm not trying to take anything away by saying that some of those tries, you know, on another day might not have happened. But the fact that they all came off and being in the crowd was was just an awesome experience. Yeah, like, my had the conversation. Uh, so what's your favourite try? And I was thinking, oh, dearie dear. You got the Josh Adokar crossword kick. That was a rip of a try. Josh Adokar stealing a pass from Clint Gufferson. And running the length, that was an awesome try. Uh, Jago really getting him stuck between, um, you know, intercepting a Rickon Campbell Gillard pass between two props, uh, or um, and he ran the 80 meters straight back up for the guts, was an awesome try. You had then had the Jago Rillo's kick, uh, the Matt Burton, and then you had like the Flanagan, Max King, uh, Zach Docker Clay, Flanagan Burton. I don't know if that's the correct order, then Avrilo getting off the kick and scoring, like you said, that one where, it, you know, he just, it was a good bounce for him. He was just able to put his hands on top of it, push it down. And then you also had the Jacob Kugraz one where he oh. made, uh, he made uh, Clint Gufferson look. Look silly. Well, Clint Gufferson actually made the decision for him. If yeah. You, if you go back and watch that try, if you haven't noticed, Clint Gufferson actually runs past the ball uh, in cover defense. He actually runs yeah, uh, if you look, if you're drawing direct lines, past where Karaz is to move over to the winger already, Karaz holding the ball with two hands just made it easy for him to go. 
He's just, I don't know, he's, he's waiting. He's looking at Gufferson. Come to me, come to me, come to me. I'm going to draw a pass. And Gufferson ran past the ball. It's kind of like, okay, <laughs> just keep going here and score myself. How do you pick those tries, eh? Like, yeah. they're all, like, what do you like? Do you, do you like the crossfield kick try? Because, you know, it looked just, it looked like a piece of art from Burton Adokar. Did you like the uh, frantic, almost team try where, you know, forwards and, you know, both halves that well, almost the whole spine, well, the entire spine touched the ball for Jack Averillo to score. Do you like the fact that Jack Averillo just got himself wedged in between and stolen intercept? Because that looked like try for all money Parramatta. And you're like, poor Averillo, he's either got to tackle Campbell Gillard running full steam ahead or Isaiah Papali'i full steam ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely size difference. But I want to highlight a moment, what made me actually feel confident. This is a weird one. I don't know if many people would notice this in defense. Regan Campbell Gillard sized up to. Kyle Flanagan and Jacob Caress. I don't know. Regan Campbell Gillard. I don't know how tall he is, but Jesus, he looked. He made them look like two young, quite young boys. Um, and he went full steam ahead at Kyle Flanagan, and I went like golloped, and I was a little bit scared. And Jacob Caress was there to help him out, and Flanagan drilled him underneath, and Caress went over the top, and they pushed him backwards in the tackle and put him on his backside. Yeah. And I was like, "Damn, that's an Origin prop." An Origin prop just got manhandled by. A young half, yeah, um, and then an even younger, a younger center, yeah. And I thought, what a moment for them too. That would have given them a bit of confidence. But oh, there's so much to highlight. The there fact is, that, uh, there is, and we'll, we'll we'll go through when we give our three, two, one. So it's going to be a bit of a, a longer <laughs> segment this week because we're going to have to highlight our highlight list is uh, almost the whole team. But uh, another thing I'd I'd like to uh, put out there, and I think it goes off what I was saying a little bit earlier, but. Restricting Parramatta to the four points, that was fantastic, but also the online defence. And um, straight away from the from the kickoff, you could see an intensity that probably wasn't there well, all year, possibly last year. Um, dogs were, were running harder. They were defending together as a team. And the desperation, particularly on the try-line defence, uh, I haven't seen that for years, mate. That was mm. That's the most pleasing part. Uh, Look, felt like they were doing it for each other. They were scrambling for each other. Uh, and Parramatta's one try, I will say, it probably is a soft try if you look at it in isolation. If you look at it as just that try and not in the whole game. But to hold, like you said, one of the best attacking teams in the competition to just that one try regardless um, and really sitting up on our try line, I think that was the most uh, pleasing, mm. pleasing part. Uh just to give a quick recap before we go into those individual players, 34 points to four. The crowd was 20,184. Josh Adekar scored three tries. Jake Avarillo with a double in his second game at fullback. And Jacob Caraz uh, getting that try that we mentioned as well. Matty Burden missed the first kick, but then was uh, did miss another kick for the rest of the night. Five from six for Matty Burton. All righty, Scotty. Okay, I go before the 3-2-1 just quickly because it's going to be a massive build-up for this one. I just wanted to, you know, congratulate... Oh, not congratulate, but thank everyone who turned up. If you're wearing a blue and white jersey or blue and gold, yeah. uh, it, it added to the atmosphere. I don't know if it's because of COVID, but it sounded like at some stages there was 45,000, 50,000 in the house <laughs> on both sides. It was a good contingent of Parramatta in their section. It was a good contingent of Bulldogs on the opposite side almost. It felt like it was just yeah. a channel on one side. Um well, but when it, both teams ran out, I, I felt like there were 60% Parramatta fans and 40% Bulldogs fans. Um, 
just by the noise level, the noise test. <laughs> um, however, as the Bulldogs got more and more in front of the game, the Bulldogs were very loud as well. So I'm, I'm going to call it 50-50 split. It's, it's a really good crowd. Yeah, I don't know if it's, yeah, like I said, because it's because of COVID, but that's what Fousen just sounded amazing. But also, uh, a core stadium as well have opted in some new lights as well yep. to highlight the, the crowd a little bit um, and also give them a different and a better viewing atmosphere for the fans. So I, I know I've, I haven't really, the few games we've played there for, <coughs> the start of the season was daytime and daylight savings, but we haven't really seen it. But we got to see a little bit of it. Um, towards the second half when the lights took effect. And, and I thought those game. lights were... Uh, I think those lights only debuted for State of Origin. I think I read yeah, an article saying that, so that yeah. obviously didn't matter. Um, that was the yeah, first NRL game well, of it, so... There you go. For, for, the, for, the Bulldogs, for the Bulldogs, anyway, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, well, we're playing daytime, or, I was, you know, daylight so savings before... It's the only game at ANZ since the Origin as well, so it would be the first NRL game. Yeah, but just, go. it, looked, it looked good on TV, Origin, and now... Yeah. And I look good. I saw... Um, Origins always look good on TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I just meant like the lighting of the crowd. I don't know. It just looked different oh, yeah. to normal. And then... um, It's the same it, lights company that did uh, Bank West. Oh, They've done a few okay. other stadiums as well. But um, I remember sense. reading it's the same company that did Bank West lights. Um, I think it was Perth Stadium as well, Optus Stadium. Uh, there's a few others that they've done as well. So so really high quality that. I just, just remember seeing the Josh had a car try and they showed the... Uh, the Western Grandstand. Oh, I'm going to get my compass wrong, probably. Uh, no, it'd be the Eastern Grandstand, sorry. And it showed the Eastern Grandstand, and geez, it looked like it It was huge. Well, it was huge, but it was. It looked good. It would have looked good on TV. I think it's uh, passing through the. Uh, I think it's actually making it better for the uh, TV audience as well, because some people on TV said, said it just feels a little bit different and it feels good watching it from home as well. So, okay. So it's a good keep, experience. I have to keep an eye on that when the South play there. Yeah. Say. Fair enough. That's a fair point. Uh, I, did, always I did watch. I did watch the mini, mate. I did watch the mini. I didn't really notice too much, but I was focusing on the the bulldogs, not the not the light of too the. Too many crowd. tries to focus on the other stuff. That's all right. All too right. Let's get into it. Get into the three two ones, and as always, we like to highlight some of the players that missed out on our three two ones uh, that did really well. So if you got uh, a minute, go make yourself a cup of tea. <laughs> this might take a while. This is going to take. This is going to be the the four hour edition of the podcast. Nah. This week, because well, we have to highlight every... We both know who's in our 3-2-1s, so we'll stay away from those players and re- uh, reveal those later. Um, let's start at the top, at fullback, Jake Avarillo. In only his second game at fullback, scores a double, uh, runs for 130 metres, uh, has a tackle break, two offloads. Um, you know, stats don't tell the full story there, but he was... Um, Pretty much unbelievable for a second game in the NRL at fullback. I think this is his position. I know it's two yep. games. It's very early to call. I want to call it. He's got the potential to be the next Bulldogs long-term. Absolutely. We, we've been screaming for for years. It hasn't really been since Ben Barber. Have we had a long-term fullback? And even then, he wasn't very long-term at all. I've I've wanted to see him at fullback for a little while. I've always thought he's had the attributes to be a fullback. My one question in regards to that would be: um, we haven't really seen him under the high ball in pressure situations, so yeah. that will be interesting to see going forward. I uh, know the two Fair teams haven't, haven't really tested him in the last couple of weeks, but um, I think you're right. I think he might have found a home at fullback. Um, and yeah, we'll just obviously have to still learn a bit more. I think his defensive game was a lot better 
compared to the week before as well. So uh, Jake O'Brien making good things there. Uh, one of our wingers, one of our young wingers, Jacob Carraz. Um, Actually played in the centres, despite being on the wing. Yeah, jersey number two because his idol is Hazabel Mazuri. That's the story I'm going with anyway. <laughs> you can't blame the young man if it is. It's almost That's everyone's right. idol. That's right. And both being uh, Lebanese internationals as well. Um, he ran for 229 metres. How did he not make our... Um, he scored that amazing try as well. 78 post-contact metres and six tackle breaks. How did he not make our um, top three? Yeah, was mate, <laughs> it was his best game. And it was Jake Averillo's best game. And I almost at one stage, I had both of them on three points. And then I had to work in the, the other players. And then they ended up missing the list. That's how tight it was. But to add to that, he even had a line break, a line break assist, and four offloads. Mm-hmm. I, I thought uh, up front, Scotty Paul Vaughan was quite strong. I, I think he's he's really impressed me this year. To be honest, when we signed him, I wasn't that sure on it. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the decision, but I think he's. We've said it a couple of times on this podcast. I think he's the leader of the forward pack at the moment. He had 15 hit-ups for 158 metres, 76 being post-contact metres, and he really helped lay a really great platform, along with somebody else who we'll talk about later, um, for the team to to go off. Mm, and 22 tackles and zero missed. It looked like he was yeah, a man yeah. on the mission. It looked like, you know, do you know when you sometimes there's a prop and you're, you're versing another good team with a good pack? Yeah, you make it your personal mission. I feel like it was Paul Vaughan's day where he, with some other players that we'll we'll highlight very soon, uh, definitely made it the mission. I don't know if they had, maybe had a meeting before the game started, and so what an opportunity to you know put some Origin players on the, you know, mm-hmm. on the on the on the back foot, and we um, we could beat them as a pack. They, That'd be huge. They certainly too. certainly stood up. Also helping them in the pack, mate. This this player in particular. He's copped some criticism from a couple of fans. I don't understand completely why. Maybe just because he doesn't do the flash plays. and um, But he's putting up the numbers. Corey Waddell, 15 runs for 135 metres uh, in the second row yet again. He's been bloodied, bloodied up a few times this year. Uh, 45 tackles next to his name as well. Um, I think he's, he's doing all right. He's, I think he's doing it quietly and in the background. But I think he's doing all right. He's one of those players, in my opinion, because I like I like Corey Waddell. Uh, I've liked him this year in particular. I know last year he was maybe a little bit ill-disciplined, mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit lazy in the arms, especially when the, the high, the very cracked down high tackles. I felt like he might have had a bit of a lazy arm. I think he's worked on that. But, you know, 45 tackles, you know, getting the job done. I feel like he's the type of player you look to, you know, you look to your side and he's standing there. And I feel like if you're a half or, you know, even you know, you're outside back, you go... I can bank on him to do it. And then plus, he definitely sold that obstruction early on as well. He definitely <laughs> Absolutely. Look, walks yeah, look, you, you, these days you've got to put a little bit of mayo on it, don't you, to make sure that um, the referees see it. Because we, we had a one, op, uh, one example in one of our games earlier this year where one of our players was obstructed. Brandon but he, Bird, yeah. Yeah, he, he just slid off and tried to make the tackle anyway. And uh, we didn't get the decision. So from that point on, you've got to... You've got to uh, fall down, throw the hands in the air, um, just like you just don't care, and really show the officials that um, you've been taken out there. Speaking about that pack, Maxi King has become a bit of a um, a fan favourite. 17 runs, 172 metres, 77 in the uh, post-contact metres there as well, 39 tackles. Maxi King has been a fine for the club. 
Um, and um, I think it could be a long-term bulldog. He could go down as one of the. Uh, he could go down as a bulldog legend uh, if he stays with us. Mm, zero missed tackles, and to add to Maxi King, uh, if you, I reckon, if you told me which one out, like you know, one team, one team had the origin origin pack, and you went too short, like you know, had Campbell Giller, I reckon people would have said, "Hey, he's an origin player. That's why he played on the weekend." He, you know, not saying that he's going to be picked for New South Wales by any stretch of the imagination or anything like that. Give it twelve months, that, who knows? Yeah, but I'm just saying the way he played that night, he put a. Uh, he definitely made Campbell Gillard, Junior Polo look uh, look a bit silly, and uh, he definitely stood on top of them. And uh, he just looked like he was one of those other people who might have had a conversation with Paul Vaughan and said, "You know what? Let's let's hit him hard. Let's hit him early, and <coughs> let's uh, go for it." You know. Absolutely. Now our our bench overall was pretty quiet. I thought, uh, however, Raymond Fatala Mariner, mate, ten hit ups. 105 metres, 42 post-contact metres, four tackle breaks, uh, an offline of 26 tackles. And this game number three back, is it? Yeah, I think so, That's yeah. an incredible effort in game three. He ended up playing 61 minutes off the bench. Um, whether he could get... <laughs> if there was any doubt about whether RFM could get back to his uh, old-school football, throw it out the window, he is back. Uh, that's incredible effort in game three when you're starting midway through the season as well. Um, I was going to say, I think, you know, you just you put throw the stats that, in the bin at the moment because I'd even look, I mean, this is the first time I'm actually looking at his stats, which is fantastic stats for what he's done. But yeah, this is the just, first time I've looked at the stats since the game, actually. <laughs> yeah, but just seeing him being involved and, you know, those times where he took runs and he's like, oh, like, you know, causing headaches and he was a part of the pack moving forward. I think he played a little bit in the middle for a little bit before moving onto an edge and he just looked dangerous no matter where he was running at and uh, he just looked dangerous. He looked fearless as well. Like he didn't mind, you know, running hard and running straight, but he, you could tell he was causing headaches for the Eagles defence every time he had the ball in his hand. And that's what I noticed from the game. <laughs> the other player I highlight from the bench and uh, not due to statistics at all, uh, he only ended up playing 15 minutes, but Zach Docker-Clare had his best moment in first grade as well, but playing his part in the, the Jake Avarillo try. So um, Zach, who's had limited uh, minutes in the top grade so far, uh, congratulations on contributing to the win uh, with, with that amazing Jack Avarillo try at the end of it as well. Yeah. I, mean, I just want to highlight one player that you haven't highlighted. This is going to be a bizarre one, I think, for some people. Okay, why is the highlight? I think uh, he went a bit unsung. I'm going to go Corey Allen on the wing. Yep. Uh, he. Oh, now my stats are frozen. He ran for 13 runs, 124 meters, 46 post contact meters, one tackle break, five tackles, no misses. Not the stats as such, but a couple of moments I'd like to highlight is uh, when uh, we made a bit of a break and Corey Riddell ended up with the ball. <coughs> Poor old Corey had a decision to make if he had to go. Well, I should say Corey Riddell because they're both named Corey. Um, if you had to pass it to Corey Allen or keep running, and he passes Corey Allen probably a tad early, and Corey Allen's smart enough, aware enough to know that if he kept going on his line, he was going to get pushed out by a couple of Eels players. He was still able to make a decent run and go back on the inside and still uh, thinks that's really good awareness, good experience. For someone who hasn't played top grade much this year, could have you couldn't have blamed him for being a bit, you know, you know, going for it and backing themselves and, you know, getting themselves pushed out. So he's, you know, good game awareness. And then even pushing up with Jacob Carraz, you know, those tries don't happen. Like if Corey Allen was just half half asked it with uh, Jacob Carraz, you know, Cliff Gufferson gets the easy decision of hitting Carraz. And, you know, those tries, you know, the outside men, inside men, 
even if they don't touch yeah. the ball, play a part because you know without him being pushing up as hard and as fast as he was, uh, he had to make he made Gutherson make a call and he made the wrong call and it made it easier for Correa to go straight through and score. So I just want to highlight him because he, I think he's played yeah, solid well, footy and safest house is under the high ball as well. I think we found our our centers and our winger combination. Adekar <laughs> and Allen on the wings with Correa's and uh, shop in the centers. I think both sides. Uh, of the field, we're working as teams for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a couple of times you can see shop deeper than at a car for those crossfield kicks as well. Uh, really working uh, as miniature teams within the team as well. So not not a bad shout there for Corey Allen. All right, player of the week, the three two ones. Um, almost out of breath talking about the other players, but uh, let's Maybe kick it left. off. Did we run out of the squad? Do we still have, oh, so we still got players like Brooksies? Let's let's kick it off uh, with our number one, Scotty. You you take it up. I've got number one, Tavita Penga Jr. Uh, I'm not looking at stats. This I don't know. He just was a man on a mission, and I felt like he started a lot of the the role uh, for the Bulldogs. Um, well, no doubt. Um, well, stats-wise, 172 metres and 63 post-contact metres, but he was the person we were alluding to when we were talking about Paul Vaughan laying down the uh, the platform for the rest of the team. He brought intent. It was clearly his best game for the Bulldogs uh, since he's arrived. And I'll tell you what, Tavita Pengai Jr., you just need to do look at what you did on Monday and just do that every week. That's all you need to do, no more and no less bring that type of intensity. There's a few hairbrain moments, Scotty. Yeah, <laughs> Defensive I... performance. But um nothing too over the top and nothing that uh you probably you desperately want to remove maybe that aggressive flop. <laughs> yeah, I but you could quite yeah, you kinda of live with the way he played and when you say you walk a fine line and that's the type of games when he's on that you yep. can live with. Because oh he just made it a personal mission to bash and hit. Anyone who was wearing a blue and gold jersey was yep. not safe at a, a course day when he was on the field because he just wanted to hurt you. And I don't know, it brought back a bit of the old Bulldogs Eels rivalry. It felt like, you know, <laughs> I don't know yep. if he had a chat too early in the week, if they had, you know, any ex Bulldogs legends like Terry Lamb or Steve Mortimer or Hasn't won Masri, you know, people who could he, really. He just spent the, spent the week <laughs> watching clashes between the Bulldogs and the Eels from the 80s. Maybe. Obviously. Just Rod Silver podcast. Even in the 90s, yeah. we talk about the 80s, but even the 90s, that moment, Rod Silver, when they beat the Eels, um, I don't know if they listened to that or whatever, because Tavita, or I don't know if he was, if the Eels dumped him at one stage or if they were going to sign him and he didn't sign him because he didn't look like, <laughs> not like the Eels at all. And I loved it. And what I'll add to that is I think Mick Potter used him perfectly with the interchange rotation as well. I think in that first half, he was just starting to get to a stage where it was like, he's going to boil over the line. And they took him off and what I think, him? at the perfect time. And then they brought him back, I think, five or six minutes to go to half time. And just yeah, for that right. little little bit of uh, energy towards then stiffen up the defences, uh, or sorry, stiffen up the middle um, as well. Uh, mm. I, I thought Big Potter used uh, the, the bench very well. He did. And what about him hunting the sideline? And when the Bulldogs were defending their line, he was standing there. Yeah, like a cage lion. Yeah, he started shouting out some stuff. And then when they got it, a bit of the fist pump and, you know, very happy. Like, you know, they just blocked out the eels from scoring a try. And he's like, job done. And he goes back to walk towards his bench. And I was thinking, how good is that on a team? He was sitting there and he was riding the uh, the waves of the eels attack and, you know, trying to, you know, encourage yeah. his, his teammates to stop it. 
and he was. He was just standing on the side. Poor Tachi, though. And he got, he got the uh, standing ovation as well uh, coming off the field uh, when he was interchanged um, towards the end of the match as well. So I don't do. think you could keep Pengai Jr. off the uh, free 2 ones this week. You gave him the one point, uh, but I gave him two points as well. Uh, so moving up the... Oh, I'm sorry. i got to go back a step. My one point, Scotty. Matty Burton. So... I'm not even going to read out the stats because the stats don't tell the story with Matty Burton, apart from his, uh, if you want to go to his kick metres, which is 618 metres, huge again. Uh, surely the leader in the NRL, I haven't looked at that, but surely, assuming he's the only one that kicks for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing that weekly. Um, yeah, what a what a performance by Matty Burton again. Um, that the guts to go for that first Anakar crossfield kick try was incredible, especially thinking, think back, uh, Parramatta just had a try overturned due to that obstruction early on. Oh, the extra mayo on it, yes, from Corey Waddell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you got to remember that first five minutes, Parramatta were all over the top of the Bulldogs. Mm. That first five or six minutes, I'm sitting there going, oh, geez, this could be a long night for the Bulldogs. This could be a long mm-hmm. night for us. And then they got that no try. Well, what turned out to be a no try, and it felt like it was going to be an easy try. It looked like an easy try uh, first glance. Well, when it happened live, you go, oh, no, it's going to be one of these days. I think that was only two or three minutes into the game. Uh, and then, obviously, on the big screen, we could see it was a clear obstruction. wasn't long after that, Burden does the crossfield kick. Uh, at a car, perfect position, perfect length and height on the kick. Landed on Anakar's chest as he comes zooming around and scored the try. And, you know, that, that set the tone for the rest of the game. And like I said, that's one of those tries. On another day, the kick would have been too short. The kick would have gone out of the full. Anakar could have ran past it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bounced, bounced the wrong way. It's one of those things. Um, so to have the guts to go for that was incredible. His kicking game was amazing again. There was a couple of those oh, bombs that went up. Uh, Gufferson handled them well, but... Even handling them well, hearing that around the stadium is going to put you off a little bit uh, for the upcoming players. But Matty Burden, um, well, mate, he's a runaway leader at the top of the points table at the moment, and there's a good reason why. Well, now you've mentioned him, I might as well say he was my three points. <laughs> yep. Um, the only thing I want to add to it was his hunger and determination and de- defence both sides of the ball. He was hungry, and that, like I said earlier, when he chopped Mitchell Moses's. Um, and stopped him from scoring a try. Beautiful moment for us. It was it was a moment I celebrated as almost as much as the, well, as much as the try. You know, you know if you save him and you score him, yeah, you gotta say. And but you know we already had the game wrapped up. The game wasn't going to be lost. But still, yet he put his you know still chased hard, chopped at the arms. You couldn't have blamed him if he went for like a tackle from behind and then you know they scored. No, but he chopped at the arms. So he's hungry, determination. So that's all I could add. Everything else was. You've already highlighted, so. Right. And uh, if you haven't already noticed, we've actually got the same three players, so three, two, one, just in completely different order. Different. So the next player is Josh Adekar. Three points for me, two points for you, Scotty. Yeah, I, I think it's the best game Josh Adekar's played for us. The Fox, I think, <coughs> pardon me, Origin, I think he's just put himself on a Blues jersey. I think the last two weeks, even when he lost against Panthers, he did himself no, no harm. 
played well against the Panthers, and then he played a blinder against the Eels. He's creating a combination with Matt Burton. They got a lot of trust. They must uh, get along with each other quite well off the football field as well. It's almost like a, a show on a measury combination <laughs> forming. Let's get, let's get it there. It's early days. It's early days, but <laughs> you know Burton looks for his little uh, little larrikin though. Uh, on the wing, and uh, he's there. I don't know if he hears him by a laugh, and then Burton looks up and puts a crossfield kick. I don't know, uh, but you know, it just seems like Burton puts a kick in. Adokar's there. Uh, I even thought the kick, uh, one of the kicks, uh, felt like he stole it off Aaron's shop. I thought it was a kick for Aaron's shop, and then Burton, uh, sorry, and uh, Adokar was there. I felt like it was going more aimed at Aaron, uh, but uh, uh, sorry, I'm Adokar, I think, stole the second one, but then the intercept try again. That was incredible. He, he put jump. himself positioned perfectly for that try. <laughs> That's the second uh, intercept try I think he's done this year already. Yeah, yeah. He, he was just sort of you could fi- you could forgive someone for thinking he's out of position. He's just sort of loitering yeah. <laughs> around the heels line, and then he just um, almost forces Gutherson into making that decision and just goes, "Thank you." You got to put it if you got to do it. You got to put it here. So I'm just going to grab that and uh, go the whole way again on another day. That try. He locks it on or it goes over his head and Parramatta run down the sideline. So we do got to say that a lot of things in that aspect <coughs> went our way, but uh, fantastic performance at a car hat-trick. Yeah, it's, it was so good. Uh, it's what we uh, paid him for, hey? It's, See, it's, it's, starting, it's starting to come together. Um, interesting stat why I think of it, Scotty. In the first 10 games of the season, the Bulldogs scored 96 points. Uh, in the last three, uh, in the last four games, the Bulldogs have scored ninety-eight points. So yeah. Mick, Mick Potter doing some wonderful things at the club at the moment. Um, obviously, we've got to back it up next week against the Tigers, and we'll talk about that shortly. However, uh, the top players now with those points put into the tally. Matt Burden is still the runaway leader on twenty-nine points. In second on nineteen points, Josh Adokar. Third on 16 points, Paul Vaughan. Fourth, Jeremy Marshall King on 11 points. And fifth, Max King on 10 points. And just on that, I'll say Jeremy Marshall King. He don't. If you haven't watched the game, don't look at the stats because it doesn't tell well, really any story. But I thought his service out of W half was very, very good on uh, Monday night. There was a few times where he shaped one way, went the other way, and my eyes were going the other way, mate. <laughs> from the yeah. stairs, I was following the ball the other way. And, oh, look, it's coming back this way. So, um, it, it, you could tell that it put the Eels, the Eels defensive line off at uh, certain points as well. So, while his stats wasn't there for that game and um, his, his normal running game wasn't on show, I think Jeremy Marshall King also needs a little bit of a uh, acknowledgement of his performance as yeah, well. He got a, a standing ovation as well. When he, yep. went, when he went off the field, like he got a ovation, gave a bit of a wave. I don't know, maybe he's got the deal signed now with the Dolphins. You know, some players might like, settled him, like Hodkinson as well. I remember when Hodkinson was having a bit off signs with the Newcastle Knights, and then Hodkinson starts running again and starts winning Man of the Match awards after it's signed. And he said that he was worried too much about where he was going, and once that was done and sealed, yeah, he could, you know, he felt like he could breathe again and. Not no outside, not like no nothing to worry about now. Everything's sealed. So I wonder if that if that's something similar. But <clears throat> what did I say? It was one of his best games, not in the rating department, but 100% agree. It felt like his passes were hitting the chests. No loose, not many loose ones out there. And um, yeah, 
<coughs> and a couple of hours before that game, Scotty, we already mentioned that this was cup side defeated Parramatta 30 points to 20 after being down 16 6 uh, at one stage in the first half. Uh, the game changer was the try before half time to make it 16 12, uh, put the Bulldogs right back in it, and then uh, the second half pretty much belonged to us. Parramatta only scoring in the 79th minute. Uh, from there, uh, good turnaround. It was a bit disappointing because we started that game off strong, and then after the first half, uh, 20 minutes, Parramatta, uh, or maybe 15 minutes, Parramatta for the next 15 minutes after that, uh, really came back strong, and it felt like what we'd seen in the NRL all year. It's like, oh, we've, we've had our 20 or oh, 15 minute good patch, <laughs> now it's it's going uh, going to crap. Uh, however, saying that. Obviously, the Bulldogs' New South Cup side has been much more successful. But I'm just saying it felt NRL-like in that mm. first half, in a period <laughs> of that first half. Um, but then the Bulldogs came away for a really good win, actually, and set the tone for the top grade. Uh, the try scorers, five tries, scored Okubo, Toa, uh, playing wing, Torpini, uh, incredible individual effort by Torpini. Uh, no right to score that. How has he not got a crack in top grade? We don't know. Uh, Matt Dufty got a try uh, in uh, Makatoa also. Alamotti four from four. And Beyond the Ono uh, kicked one from one. Speaking about Jackson Torpenny and speaking about stats, have a look at this. 80 minutes. One try. 13 runs. 137 metres. 36 post-contact metres. Five tackle breaks. One line break, uh, one offload, 34 tackles, uh, and, uh, yeah, and zero errors. I tell he's you been what, doing he's... this all year. <laughs> I tell you what, his post-contact meters are low um, than they usually are. It's because one of those runs he made where he scored the individual effort, no one could grab him. He looked like he had oil he, on him. He looked like he was a 5'8". Yeah, just just cutting back against the defence, uh, finding space and then running right through the defensive line made Parramatta's defence look like utter garbage. Um, and yeah, a few people I've already seen on the socials have uh, pointed out that they've seen the stats of Torpenny this year, um, but that was the first time that they've had a chance to watch it. Uh, a few people have said, and um, yeah, they're also jumping on why hasn't he got a shot in the NRL yet? However, I wonder. Oh, I was just going to just put a theory out there. I wonder if they're thinking the Bulldogs are thinking it's better for him to play eighty minutes in New South Cup, opposed to. I look at the potential person he could take in our team. Not yeah. offense, we'll say Corey Waddell, and we've spoken about you know unsung hero just does his job. I don't think Corey's. And then you look at Raymond Talamara, who's just playing really good footy as well. I'm surprised that Raymond actually came straight to top grade, but he's playing good footy. And the only person I could think there he could probably take is Joe Stimson. You know, he's playing 15 minutes, 16 minutes off the bench. Doesn't play, comes on very late and finishes off the game. Yeah. I wonder if they're thinking, you know, 80 minutes in cup is better for his development than 15 NRL. I wonder well, if, if, if it was it. me, I'd start having the, the thought process. And this is going to be controversial, but does he come in and replace Jackson? Oh, okay. That's a topic for another day, but I'll just throw that thought out there. However, the main reason, and the reason I'm starting to get a bit concerned about this, Scotty, we shared it on the socials uh, yesterday. Um, Torpenny comes off contract at the end of the season, and there's been no words yet on whether he'll be re-signed. 
Surely he gets. It's baffling. It's baffling. Was leading the team song in the mm. sheds uh, after the NRL game, uh, and just before you you add your your little bit to that, Scotty, it was fantastic to see. Looked like the whole New South Wales Cup team in the sheds at full time in the NRL celebrating uh, the amazing day together. Yeah, well, both deserved it. I think, I think Jack Stoppy sung it twice, which is nice. Surely he led that twice. Surely. Yeah. Um, Surely we recite all. Surely we recite talk, but surely I'm, we're not allowed to go. I'm gonna make a statement. I think it would be, I think it would almost be stupid of the Bulldogs, not the same, but stupid of the Bulldogs not. I reckon if they offer him a 12 month contract extension, which is better than obviously nothing, I think that's stupid. I'm looking yeah, at Jackson, and I'm thinking three years is the minimum I'm looking to sign this guy. He's the guy who told everyone before he made his debut he was willing to die for the Bulldogs. <laughs> Yes, yes. This guy is willing to run in front... Like, if you told him to run in front of a bus coming at him at 100 kilometres an hour, he's going to try to tackle the bus. Because if you told can him... I get five, can I get $5 on him? <laughs> he could win. Um, that's right, that's right. Yeah, he's... But he's that much in love with the club. He's a junior of the club. He speaks well. I reckon... I have him now as my future captain. Just the way he speaks and the way he is on the field. Uh, he's a great bloke. Uh, met him at Members Day before he even made top grade debut, the year he made his top grade debut. His interaction with kids as a 19-year-old at the time, I think he was even maybe even 18 years old. No, he's not very na- he's very natural for the kids, very natural for everyone. He made sure everyone had a hello and he was on a table signing things. He didn't just sign and slide the posters down or you know, shirts down or whatever they wanted signed. He signed. He waved at kids. He high fived kids. He greeted everyone that came his way. He shows he's he's got a thirty year old head on his shoulders. He's just such a good bloke. But I'm talking. I want to sign him for five, six seasons. Yeah, absolutely. It might sound crazy. You might go. You don't want to sign him for that long. But I can trust that Jackson will not let me down at any way. On the field, and especially off the field. Yeah, he won't let me down in any way possible. Like. I swear he'll be running out if he could. He'd be playing top grade when he gets into top grade, and he'd be running out waters for the New South Cup and Jersey flag if he could be there. If he could be there for that in class, like he's that type of person. That I think you know, if you told him to put, pick up the phones and start answering membership calls and start calling people, I think he'd start doing that between training. Like he's just a crazy person in the best way possible. He's someone that he should. We should be building the face around the club. The Absolutely. image should be around around him and. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't go anywhere. Let's hope he stays with us because we desperately need him. Especially all this talk about you know building a team around local local juniors and stuff like that. Uh, anyway, yep, and a few others. Anyway, this week Sunday, four o'clock game, West Tigers at Combank, our home game. Um, let's go for the team list this week. Fullback to Avarillo. Uh, Karaz named at wing, but you can bet he's going to play centre. Uh, with Adokar, the centres named a Shop and Allen. Uh, halves, Burden and Flanagan. Up front in prop, Maxi King. By the way, this is the first time I've seen this team, by the way. Uh, Maxi King uh, named a jersey number eight with Jeremy Marshall King at the hooker and Paul Vaughan in jersey 10. Josh Jackson and Raymond Fatale Mariner selected in the second row. 
Tavita Pengo Jr. named at lock. Uh, so you might see Maxi King play more of a lock position, even regardless of the number on his back. Uh, in the bench is Zach Docker Clay, Corey Waddell, Joe Stimson, and the debutant, a young player, Curtis Morin. He will go well. Congratulations to him. Um, we might see a few changes before kickoff, I dare say. The reserves, Bailey Biondiano, Jaden Tanner, who had an amazing game in uh, the New Wales Cup, uh, pulled off one of the best offloads you will ever see <laughs> as well. Uh, Isaac Lumi Lumi, Jackson Torpenny gets onto the reserve list, and our replacement player in Jersey 19 is uh, Matt Dufty. I'll tell you one thing about Curtis Moran. Good good ball playing lock. Doesn't look very big. Uh, hits hard. Tackles hard. The nephew of Brad Moran, if those who remember Brad. Uh, Curtis, very talented, very, very skillful forward as well. Uh, he's got the... I reckon he's been... Did you good. Get, have you got an old dog this week? Well, I had I would have thought Brad, that Brad Moran would have been the old no, dog. No, he is. So Surprised you're talking about him now. No, but I had to just because... Yep. I've seen Curtis for a, a few years and he's caught my eye from the impacted flex season when I've seen him play, but also in this cut, like he was, I think he started the season off the bench, if I remember correctly, then pushed himself into a starting lock position. Uh, he's not big at all. Took up the photo in the, uh, the, the trophy at the end of the uh, para game, which is cool because he was the eight replacement player for the Bulldogs, but uh, he is a good player. He's a good player and he's someone I think He's got the potential. I don't want to say he's going to, but he's got the potential to be a Bulldogs player for a long time. That's right. And Another on, junior as well. On Sunday at 1.40pm, we play the Magpies in the Cup as well. Uh, Dufty's the fullback, Lockenbauer and Toya on the wings again. Alan Motti and Lumi Lumi in the centres. Haywood and Beyond the Owner, the halves again. Uh, Samuel Hughes up front with Philip Makatoa. Josh Cook is the hooker again. Reese Hoffman, Jackson Torpenny, and Jack Todd in the second row. The bench at this stage, a lot of changes probably happen, uh, of course, in this grade, it always does. But the bench is Ryan Gray, Harrison Edwards, and Lepoy Hoppoy at the moment. So um, we're one short there. I'm sure that will change before kickoff. Good so another. A bit of confidence. Well, Bay players have only won two games this year. But um, another double header. Um, at a home game this week, which is which is fantastic. I can't wait to be there for those two. Um, what are we expecting this week with with uh, against the West Tigers? We've talked about it. Um, some controversy from the West Tigers today on uh, Twitter. If you want to go check that out at the West Life podcast, um, yeah, we'll leave that to them to talk about. However, um, we have to back it up, the Bulldogs. Yeah, we have to back it up. It's a good opportunity to back it up. West Tigers have gone for a bit of me- a bit of mess. They've had a coach sacked as well. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, they they won the sack. Our one stood down before he got sacked. Um, so. Oh, he Barrett. stood down before he got sacked. Yeah, Trent Barrett <laughs> yeah, stood yeah, down. Yeah, Michael yeah. McGuire went out kicking and screaming. He was running a session while he's getting sacked. Uh, which is a bit odd. I don't think that's fair to say. Apparently, he took it like a man once he was told and walked oh, out. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean... But uh, that's right. He said he wasn't going to quit, and he didn't. So credit to, to no, Madge oh, for sorry, that. No, I didn't mean no insult to Michael Maguire. I just meant like he was running a session while yeah, the, the meeting hour, was happening. That half he was, an hour later, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no disrespect to him at all. Like, credit to him. Like, he was committed to the, the very end. Uh, but, you know, similar kind of situation. Brett Kamali 
you know, former Bulldog, uh, Brett yeah. Morley, you know, part of the Bulldogs coaching staff, you know, media personality as well. Uh, coach in the West Tigers, very good uh, rugby league guy um, and legend of the game. Uh, he did his first coaching game. Can you give that, you know, that game against Manly a, a full, you know, saying that he only came in after the team was announced, Brett? as well. So similar to Mick Potter type of situation. So is this uh, Brett Cormor's real first game this week? We've made some changes to the Tigers' side. Uh, we've had uh, They've had Luciano Leilua leave to go to the Cowboys early, and now that he can't get the deal done with the Cowboys, and he's already out of the Tigers. So there's a few yeah. force changes, but there's a few yeah. other changes for him as well. Um, Interesting to start going forward. Um, <laughs> already, but yeah. We've already lost to them once Um this year, so we definitely need to get the win uh, and back up our performance. And just looking at the ladder, um, the Warriors play Penrith this week. They're directly above us on the ladder on eight points, so you'd say the Panthers will win that quite easily. Uh, we've got the Warriors are going for at the moment. Uh, and the West Tigers are also on eight points, and we've got a better differential than both those teams. So, obviously, if we were to win on Sunday, that would mean the Tigers were to lose, uh, and hopefully the Warriors will lose to the Panthers. Uh, just our luck that the Panthers will pull off some, <laughs> some sort of upset this season. Uh, but if that if that does happen, Warriors lose to the Panthers, and the West Tigers obviously lose to the Bulldogs. We could be as high as 13th by the end of next of the upcoming round. So that uh, goes to show. Um, we've had some conversations about uh, recently with a couple of fans saying that it's unfair that we're larks when there's teams in the competition that get when they lose they get smashed by large mm-hmm. amounts. Where the Bulldogs uh, haven't really been smashed too much. Uh, Yet we're last, and those other teams have had more wins. Now we're starting to get a bit of that reward. So if we can string a back-to-back win here against the West Tigers, having the better differential between the Warriors and Tigers means that those two wins can lift us from 16th to 13th uh, in a space of two weeks and uh, finally get some reward for that um, not being hammered too much. Yeah, no, it's... It's good. Um, it's definitely a winnable game, but we just got to make sure we can turn up the same intensity against Parramatta, treat them like they're Parramatta. We can't, we can't be complacent, but I'm sure Mick Potter knows that. He's uh, he's big on, you know, he's making sure that we're complacent against the Panthers and, you know, we've got to win games. It's good to get the 80, but now it's just, you know, doing that again because we beat the Roosters earlier this year and I felt like that could have been a real turning corner for us. It could have been, you know, I think what lifted Trent Barrett out of the uh, thing. So we're just going to make sure we just turn up again. Like, looking at it from the way the clubs were run and stuff like that, it, I've got to say, Bulldogs definitely deserve to be favourites after they played on Monday, the way they played on Monday. But in saying that, we've got to be wary of a Brett Cornwallie first full week coaching the Tigers. Like, yeah. And when, when, and when was the last time the Bulldogs won back to back games? I don't even know the answer to that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's it, good, it's, uh, yeah, I think that's probably a good way to leave it. So, see yeah, you on Sunday at, uh, at Bank West. Oh, challenge. Challenge. We got 20,000 at Monday. Yeah. Although it was a public holiday and it was a good win. Let's yeah. recreate that atmosphere again and see if we can get close to 20 again. Let's see if we can get over yeah. 18 on Sunday. I figured, you know, every, what does Gus say? Everybody loves the Sunday afternoon. If you, you might Gus. not agree with Gus often, but, you know, everyone does love Sunday afternoon footy. It's. <laughs> Two local teams again. Uh, we're going for back-to-back wins. Matt Burton's playing the house down. Josh Adokar is, you know, should be an Origin jersey. If Bradford can't see that, 
So just get there, support the boys. Let's make the atmosphere again because the atmosphere at a course stadium on Monday was outstanding. Could you imagine if we got <coughs> a similar crowd or even more at Combank? And just looking at the weather, it looks like similar conditions to last week, temperature-wise too. But uh, eighteen, top of eighteen. I think Sunday was a top of nine. Uh, Monday was a top of nineteen. So that's right. Let's let's recreate it. That would be fantastic. But now, Scotty, it's normally your favourite time of the week, but I think your favourite time of the week this week might have been the win against Parramatta. Uh, it's time. It's time for old dog. Yeah. Well, I've picked the person that I thought made sense, but I, we got we kind of gave it away. It was uh, kind of. Curtis... <laughs> definitely well, gave away. It's, well, yes, but it's if no guessing think... game this week. It's Brad Moran. <laughs> it is Brad Moran. Uh, he's the <coughs> uncle of young uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt Moran playing on uh, the bench. Uh, this week, his debut this week. And I'm just, you know, the link, it makes sense. Uh, a player who played 56 games over his career for the Bulldogs from 05 to 11. You know, real clubman. Played <coughs> reserve grade. Real tough Bulldog, eh? He kind of looked like he was... Uh, in my opinion, I could be you could disagree with this one, but I kind of look like you know he was a player, you know, he probably played after his era, like he was real tough, real, real aggressive. Uh, he was tough and uncompromising. Uh, yeah. and unfortunately, I think most fans outside of Bulldogs fans might remember him for a little chump, I think, on Tamana Tahu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see which one of us brought that up first. So, I think you have to, unfortunately, with a player that played 56 <coughs> games. Um, over the course of four or five years there. But, yeah, you're right. Tough, uncompromising. Seven. Uh, looked like a, a tough bulldog. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how much games he played in the reserve grade because he definitely looked like one of those old-school bulldog front rowers. Um, well, let's hope that his nephew this week uh, can go towards... <laughs> hopefully not chomp anybody. <laughs> go towards uh, starting his career on the right foot. I think he... Uh, Kurt... Uh, Curtis has a uh, a big career ahead of him. Yeah, and it's cool to see you know family connect uh, family connections with the Bulldogs because you could say Brad you know might not have been you know the NRL legend, yeah, as thing, but he's definitely a Bulldogs legend of what he's done. New South Wales played a, again a successful era for the Bulldogs between 05 and '11. We had some good years in the you know in the middle there, especially like, you know 2009, uh, 2006 in partic- particular, you know 11 with Des Hasler as well. Um, Yep. So he played with a few really good years, but you know those are the people you need in your squad putting pressure on your top like, like your top players because if they slip and they put some you know not some good games together, yeah. Brad, someone who came in, he just did his job every time. Um, he did his job every time. M- very ugly. I know players hated versing him because he was tough. He was like you said uncompromising. So he was definitely on the <coughs> on the heels of some really good Bulldogs players, and he had to compete with like you know some very good good pack. His entire entirety, so 56 games. Tip my head off to you, Brad. Absolutely, I think we might leave it at that for this week. We'll see everybody at Bank West on Sunday and we'll let Scotty go sort out his cough. <laughs>